Once again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We will continue with our uh, topic on emotional healing. Those of us who were, I mean, those of you who were with us last week, we talked about how offense or when you are emotionally wounded, how it affects your relationships. And we focused on two types of relationships. We, we focused on how it affects our relationships with people and how it affects our relationships, our relationship with God. You know, we notice that when we are offended, God does not even accept our gifts or our offerings or our worship. He says we have to go and fix the situation first. Then you will come and worship me. That's how serious God takes this. And sometimes we tend to, to overlook it. Sometimes we tend to uh, not to take it serious. But this is very, very serious before God. God is more interested in our relationship with Him than our gifts and offerings to Him. God is interested in building a healthy relationship with you than you giving your offerings. By the way, God does not need your offerings. It's the ministry that needs your offerings. It's the church that needs your offerings. So your church may accept your offerings, but it does not mean it is acceptable before God. As long you are still offended, as long you are emotionally wounded, you have to wait. The Bible says you have to wait and go and fix the problem first. Then you'll go back to God and worship. Go back to God and offer. And that will be the kind of offering that God will accept. Today I want us to look at two things that we, we need to avoid when we are offended. Two things that we need to avoid when we are dealing with offense. When we, are, when we really want to be emotionally healed, there are two things that I want us to, to avoid. Number one, avoid gossiping about the person or complaining about the person who wronged you. Avoid gossiping. Avoid bad-mouthing. That is not godly, and we'll see that as we continue. Number two, don't just do nothing and expect that the problem will solve itself. We have to understand that in nature, in life, problems do not solve themselves. Problems in life do not solve themselves. So when you are offended, when you are emotionally wounded, you don't have to sit and do nothing and expect that it will be, uh, it will be resolved. You have a responsibility to do something about it. You have a responsibility to see that you, uh, you, you find a way to resolve the issue. Because if you do not resolve it, it's not going to resolve itself. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Number one, we're going to focus on do not gossip about other people. It is not godly. It is not Christian. Number two, do not just sit and wait that a miracle will happen. That problem will just get solved automatically. Let's look at the first one. Do not gossip about the person or complain about the person who, uh, who wronged you. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28. The Bible says, a perverse person stirs up conflict. And the second part says, and gossip separates close friends. Gossip separates close friends. 
When you start gossiping about the person who wronged you, you are just fueling the flames. You are not making the situation better. I know you may feel better emotionally at that point, but you are not helping the situation. There are a lot of friendships that have been broken because of gossip. A lot of people are divided today because of gossip. A lot of relationships, a lot of friendships, a lot of families. Unfortunately, a lot of organizations and companies have been destroyed today. A lot of churches have been destroyed today because of gossip. Gossip, it's not going to build your relationship. Gossip is going to, to destroy your relationship. You know, when you, you have somebody that you trust and you hear that they gossiped about you, that is not going to bring unity between the two of you. Actually, it's just going to separate you. It does not reconcile the two of you. It causes more divisions. Gossip causes divisions, not unity. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 9. The Bible says, With their mouth, the godless, I wanted to underline the word godless, the godless destroy their neighbors. The godless destroy their neighbors. But through knowledge, the righteous avoid that or they escape. Being offended does not give you a license to destroy other people. Just because you are angry, it does not give you the right to badmouth other people. Just because you, you are emotionally wounded, it does not make it right for you to start speaking bad about other people. Especially people who trusted you. The Bible says it is godless, it is unchristian to destroy other people. The Holy Spirit cannot lead you towards gossiping about other people. The Holy Spirit cannot lead you towards destroying other people. Even if you know something bad about other people, it's not your right to start talking bad about them. Never destroy the reputation of other people just because you are offended, just because you are wounded. That is a bad move. Just imagine if it was you who somebody is speaking bad about. How would you feel about it? How would you feel about it? You know, if I, for the first time maybe I meet you or we become friends, and I say, oh, do you know Manasseh? You say, yeah, I know him. But then you start the negative part of it. How does that benefit you? All of us, there is something bad that we know about other people. But we make a choice. We decide to say, yes, I know him. He's a great man. I know him. This is how he helped me. The other time I ran out of money, he helped me. Just say something good, something positive that you know that he has done. That also builds your credibility. People will start to trust you more when you speak positive about other people. People will start to trust you less when they hear you speak negative about other people. You do not become better by pointing other people's faults or failures. It does not make you a better person. You know, there are some people, they feel like they are better people because they are speaking bad about other people. You feel a sense of, uh, of, of, of being uh, more holier than thou. Just because you, you know something bad about the person and always you just spit out lies and negatives. And, because when you gossip 
at some point you run out of points, you run out of facts, but you still want to continue to talk. Now what you do, you have to manufacture some lies. So the conversation could continue. There is no person who is a gossiper who does not lie. All gossipers are liars. People who gossip about other people, they lie. Because they have to add, uh, they have to add some, you know, some, something good. They have to add something attractive. So you can stay attracted to, uh, to their lies. You, can, you also want to, to listen to them. They have to add some flavors as they continue to talk. So, they stay, so you can stay attracted to them. So when you gossip, remember, you are a liar. And sometimes people gossip because when they talk bad about you, they feel like they are climbing a step higher than you. It makes them feel better. It makes them like they are better people than you are. You have to stop gossiping about other people. Being offended does not give you a pass to destroy other people. Just because you are offended, it does not give you the right to talk bad about other people. You know, some people, they gossip like they receive a paycheck at the end of the month. And some, they gossip like they even get a bonus or they get the 13th check at the end of the year. I want you to, remind, to remember that there are always three sides of the story. Three sides of the story. And, and, and what's going to happen is if you do not understand that situations. Sometimes you, you end up siding with one person and forget that there are other sides that you may not be aware of. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 13 says, A gossip betrays confidence, but a trustworthy friend or a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Gossip betrays relationships. Sometimes I share with you because I trust you. When I share my situation with you, it's because I trust you. And the moment I hear that you talked about me, you talked about that situation with somebody else, then our relationship will be destroyed. We have to learn to keep secrets. And especially if you want God to use you, maybe you, God wants to use you to help other people and you want to become a counselor, you have to learn to keep secrets. When people tell you about their situations, Keep it to yourself and pray to God to give you wisdom and guidance on how to address it. They are not sharing it with you because they want you to go and talk to the next person about it. They share with you because they trust you. They have confidence in you. And the Bible says gossip will betray that confidence. When you gossip about it, people will lose trust in you. You can't hide gossip forever, by the way. If you gossip about other person, even if you are only the two of you, once the third person is involved, it's no longer a secret. You can't hide gossip. At some point, that person will find out in a mysterious way or in a way that you never thought. They will find out that you gossiped about them. And you remain naked and ashamed. People share their experiences out of trust. Because they know that you'll be able to pray with them. You will help them. Like I said, there are three sides of every story. There are three sides of every story. And in most cases, we make conclusions and judgments based on one side of the story. When I come to you and I share my story with you, 
Maybe I talk about my wife or I talk about my friend or I talk about somebody else. About a situation. Especially a negative situation. And you run with that story. That would be so wrong. There is my story. There is her story. So we have two stories. If you can go to her, probably she will tell you a different story than what I told you. Or a different version of the story than what I told you. Or she will tell you what actually happened. Why she behaved the way she behaved. Why she reacted the way she reacted. I will not tell you that. I will just tell you what she did. So we have my story. We have her story. And also we have the truth in between. The truth lies in between. There are things that I will not tell you. There are things that she will not tell you. And that's the third story. So every story has three sides. So don't make conclusions and judgments based on one side of the story. You have to get one or both stories. That's why even in court, they will not make a judgment, they will not make a conclusion until they have heard from both sides. Then they'll make a judgment based on that. So it's very, very important not to be judgmental just because somebody told us something. Just because somebody told us something. Avoid spreading rumors or gossip about the people who offended you. It is not godly. It is not godly. We should not speak bad about other people. There is no godliness in that. There is no godliness in gossip. There is no godliness in just hearing one side of the story and we run with it. And we start to make judgment based on that. Let's do our best to get both sides of the story. Then we make a judgment uh, based on what we know. Because if we do not do that, then we'll make a lot of mistakes. You know, another thing is if you are wounded and you are a leader, that will not serve you well. Because you will bleed on innocent people. I'm sure most of you are victims of that. Where you have a leader or a manager or a supervisor, who starts bleeding on you. And you did nothing wrong as far as you know. You know, they bleed on you. They start making noise. They start scolding you. And all this kind of stuff. They start illustrating you. And you did nothing wrong. And it's because they are wounded. It's because they are wounded. Now, when you are wounded and you are leading, you will bleed on innocent people. You will bleed on innocent people. No matter how much offended you are, please avoid spreading rumors or gossip about people. We are living in an imperfect world. We live with imperfect people. And those people will speak imperfect words. People will offend you. Imperfect words are a good recipe for offense. You remember when we started, we started with Judas Iscariot. He was in ministry. But he was not content. He was in ministry. But he was not happy. He was in ministry. But he was offended. It is dangerous to be in ministry while you are offended. It is dangerous to be in leadership while you are offended. Unfortunately, we have a lot of people who lead while they are offended. They preach, but they are still offended. They sing. They are chorus leaders. They are worship leaders, but they are still offended. They are MCs in our churches, but they are still offended. 
Some they lead our women's ministry, but they are still offended. Some they lead our youth, but still offended. Some they lead men, but they are still uh, wounded and offended. It is bad to be a school principal who is offended. It is bad to be a supervisor or a manager who is offended. It is bad to be a school teacher who is offended. It is bad to be a nurse or a doctor who is offended. It is bad also to be a driver who is offended. You end up causing accidents on the road just because you are offended. Because when you are offended, other people, they become victims of your anger. Other people, they become victims of your bitterness. Other people, they become victims of your offense. Judas did not deal with offense very well. And at the end of the day, he betrayed Jesus. And then finally he committed suicide. That we said there are wrong ways of dealing with offense. Gossip is not one of them. Gossip is not the right way of dealing with, of dealing with offense. When you are offended, talk to the right people who will help you. When you are emotionally wounded, talk to the right people. Don't just gossip around. Don't talk to people who will validate your feelings. You know, as you speak, even if you are just saying one side of the story, yeah, I understand you. Yes, he was wrong. You can't make a judgment that he was wrong even before you hear the other story. They are just validating your feelings. And that is not saving you well. When you are offended, Please talk to someone about it. But that someone should be somebody who is going to help you, pray with you, not gossip with you. The second one that you should avoid is just to do nothing and expect that the situation will resolve itself. Some people, they just die inside. They do nothing. They do nothing. Please do not die inside when you have a situation. Speak to somebody. Like we said, offended people, they bleed. Because if you do not deal with it, you are going to bleed on wrong people. Some of you, as I speak right, right now, you know, you are offended and somebody offended you. Some, somebody offended you. And instead of dealing with the situation, you just keep quiet. And you expect that at some point, it will be resolved. We always say time heals when somebody is wounded. Time does not heal. It's what you do during that time that will heal you. If you do nothing, nothing will happen. If you do nothing, nothing is going to happen. You know, in science, I think it's Newton's second law of motion, I can't remember. It is said that if, if you do nothing, if you do not move, if you put something on the table and you leave it there, it's not going to move until an external force come and move it. And that's the same thing with us, with offense. If you do nothing, nothing is going to happen. The situation will not be resolved until you do something about it. We have to do something about the situation. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Verse 15 is very important. It says, 
See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And defile many. This is very, very important. We have to understand that holiness, holiness does not mean to be an angel. Holiness does not mean you shine like an angel. Holiness simply means to be separate. That's all that it means. When God says, be you holy as I, your God, am holy. To be holy means to be different. Be separate. Be different from the world. Be different from the way people do things. Be separate. Do things differently. That's all that holiness means. Do things differently. Our culture may tell us to do things one way, but we decide to do things differently. That's holiness. That's holiness. So the Bible says, when we have a situation, let's make all the efforts to live in peace. Let's make all the efforts to reconcile with people. To live a healthy, to have a healthy relationship with people. That's what holiness means. Holiness does not mean gossiping about other people or speaking bad about people. You know, we, we, we have to start to do things differently. Albert Einstein once said, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking or the same mindset that we used when we created the problem. The problem that we have right now, for it to be solved, you need external help. You need external, uh, external thoughts or external advice. You need a different way of thinking. You need to shift. As long as you keep doing the same thing, you always get the same results. There's no way I can take N1 from Pulukwan. I take N1 and drive all the way towards south. And I say I'm going to Venda or I'm going to Toyando. And I wonder why I finally find myself in Pretoria or in Johannesburg. And I say, okay, I made a mistake. Next week, I want to do it right. Then I get on N1 again. And I go straight south. And I end up in Johannesburg or I end up in Pretoria. And I ask myself, how did I end up here? As long as you keep on doing the same thing, you'll end up in the same place. As long as you keep repeating the same way of resolving your issues, you'll end up getting the same results. For you to have something different in your life, you have to start different, to think differently. You have to start doing things differently. Then your life will start to be different. No wonder why your life doesn't change. It's because you keep repeating the same thing. The Bible says we have to make all efforts to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Do things differently. Do things differently. Be a better person in the situation. Learn to apologize when you are wrong. You know, there are some people, just to get the word or the two words, I'm sorry, to get those words from them, it's like extracting a, a tooth. It's very, very difficult to get I'm sorry from them. You can stay with them the whole year. You will never hear them say, I'm sorry. Instead, they will just turn the situation. They will speak like politicians. They turn it around and blame you instead. When you are a community and you expect service delivery, the politicians will turn it around and blame the community. And that's how some people are. You know, instead of saying, I'm sorry, 
They turn it around and they give an explanation and they blame you for it. They will step on your toes. When you say, oh, you stepped on my, on my toes. Instead of saying, I'm sorry. They say, you know what? You put your, you put your, your foot under my, <laughs> under my foot. They turn it around and blame you. We have to start to say, to learn to apologize when we are wrong. Sometimes some of you are offended because you were wrong. And you do not want to admit that you were wrong. You do not want to admit that you did something wrong. And that's why people reacted the way they reacted you. And you are still offended even today. Then you decide to do nothing about it. Because if you have to do something about it, it's going to expose you. It's going to expose you. It's like, you know, in South Africa now we have the Zondo Commission that's going on. Some people, they are afraid to go there because if you go there and complain, it's going to expose you because some people will come back and start asking you questions. And it will expose you. And that's why you decide to do what? To do nothing when you are offended. You decide to do nothing. Because you know if you start speaking about it or you start to look for help, other people they will ask you questions. And you may not be able to respond. Remember, you lose nothing by apologizing. If you are wrong, learn to accept that you are wrong. Learn to admit that you are wrong. Learn to admit that you are not a perfect human being. Learn to admit that you also make mistakes like any other human being, like any other person. Some people, they behave like they are, uh, I don't know how to put it, they behave like they are deputy Jesus. They never make a mistake. Even when they, are, they, are, they have made a mistake, they rather have you sympathize with them than acknowledging that, you know what, this, this situation arise, it arose because I made a mistake. It arose because I did one, two, three. Instead of doing that, they just turn around and blame you. I want you to understand like what uh, verse 15 says. It says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. The Bible calls it the root of bitterness. Unresolved anger leads to the root of bitterness. When you are angry, when you are wounded, when you are offended and you do not resolve that issue, it's going to lead to what you call the root of bitterness. You live a bitter life. And nobody wants to live with a bitter husband. No one to live, want to live with an angry woman or an angry wife. Nobody wants to, to live with an angry friend. Now you wonder why everybody is avoiding you. It's because every time you speak, you speak anger. Every time you speak, you speak bitterness. Every time you speak, you speak negative. And people start to avoid you. And you wonder why people are avoiding you. You wonder why nobody wants to be close to you. Why nobody wants to be next to you. And it's because whatever you prefer, like I said, your preferences always cloud your judgment. You will make judgment based on your preferences. Even if your preferences are wrong, you will always prefer to behave the way you behave because it makes you feel comfortable. And you make right, wrong judgments based on your preferences, based on your wrong thinking, based on your wrong belief systems. Do not allow your bitterness or your bitter root to overshadow your judgment. When somebody is bitter, 
You know, even if you try to do good to them, they will always question it. When you see them thirsty and you give them a bottle of water, they will always question it. Why does he give me the bottle of water? What is it that's inside that bottle? Because of their root of bitterness. They judge everything you do. And sometimes it even becomes irrelevant. Why is she wearing a yellow dress today? Why? Why? Why, why, why does she put on, 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 on a red, uh, red, red top? Why? You, you just, everything just becomes judgmental of it. She doesn't look good uh, in that pair of pants. Those shoes, they don't fit her well. Every time you become so negative and negative and negative and judgmental about other people. Because you have wrong opinions about those people. You have wrong opinions about them. Let's learn to deal with situations in the right way. Let's learn to deal with situations in a Christian way. Let's not be judgmental. Let's not allow our anger you know, to, uh, to, to, to blind us, to overshadow our judgment. And we start to make wrong judgments based on our feelings, based on what we, we have experienced. That is not going to help us at all. That's not going to give us any credibility at all. We have to learn to deal with these situations in the right way. The Bible calls it, be, I mean, calls being offended a root of bitterness. A root of bitterness. And you make everything to be around you, to be about you. Remember, the world of the universe does not revolve around you. Not everything is about you. You are not the center of the universe. Oh, I will never, you know, I will never forgive him until he comes and apologizes. Oh, okay. So you rather stay angry. You rather stay offended. You rather stay unhappy just because somebody did not come and, and, and apologize to you. Remember, not everybody will come and apologize to you. Remember, I, I told you, not everybody is good at that. So your interpretation and opinions could be wrong, by the way. If you want to live a happy life, you have to learn to deal with situations. You have to learn to communicate with the right people and ask them if they can help you deal with it, instead of just keeping quiet and expect that situations will resolve themselves. Remember, the offender or the person who offended you, they don't care about your opinion. Whether you, 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 know, you think that they are wrong by putting on a red shirt or they are wrong by doing this, they are wrong by trying to do good to you, you know, whatever your, your interpretation is, it does not change anything in their lives. It does not change anything in their lives. Remember, no offense will ever be resolved by silence. You can't resolve offense by doing nothing. You have to do something about it. Your life and relationships you know, will be much, much better when you face it and deal with it and talk about it Talk about it directly or indirectly. Get somebody to come and help you if you can't talk to the person. Get somebody and say, please come and, and, and see if you can help us deal with this issue. And once the issue is resolved, you know, you will feel like a heavy burden has been taken off your back. 
You'll feel a big, big difference in your life. You will feel much, much free in your life than you were before. This is how the world looks. When you have an opinion about somebody. Let's look at the first one. The first, uh, the first globe. The first earth. This is how it looks before you have an opinion about somebody. And the second one is how it looks after you have an opinion about somebody. If you have an opinion about me, before you have an opinion about me, this is how my world looks. After you have an opinion about me, this is how the second world looks. And somebody is saying, but I don't see the difference. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Your opinion doesn't change anything in my life. Your opinion of me, it does not change anything. It does not change my life. Your opinion is just an idea, by the way. It's just a thought. And that thought is not even tangible. It's just an opinion. It's just a thought. And we should not allow people's opinions, people's thought, to change us. What will they think about me? If I go and apologize, what will they think? They will think I'm weak. They will think I'm wrong. Let them think whatever they think. I need my healing. I need my emotional healing. I've been offended. I've been angry. I've been bitter for years. I need to be healed. If it takes, apologize. Let me go and apologize and get healed. If it takes involving a third person, let me involve my pastor. Let me involve my leader. Let me involve my friend. Let me involve somebody. Let me involve Manasseh. Let me involve somebody and we deal with this thing. That will not change my world. It doesn't matter what they think about me. Do not allow an opinion. Do not allow somebody's thoughts to change how you see things, to change you. If you really need your help, if you really need your healing, do what is right and you are going to be healed. Don't just do nothing. Don't just do nothing. And finally, Jesus said something very important in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. He says, Blessed are the, peace, are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. I know we have a lot of peace lovers. We have a lot of peace lovers, but not peacemakers. You cannot make peace by gossip. You cannot make peace by keeping quiet. You cannot make peace if you do not deal with the situation. And some of us, we resort to pity parties. Pity parties is where you invite people, you invite your friends. You even form or, or create a small WhatsApp group just to discuss about somebody. And it gives you, you know, a temporal false psychological comfort. You feel comfortable because you are talking bad about somebody and it makes you feel better. You want people who will sympathize with you and you call them to that party. Pity party victims, they refuse to be healed because they enjoy it when everybody comes, oh, shame, I'm sorry, shame, ah, shame. You know, you know that you get attention when everybody comes and says shame to you. And once you are healed, once you are able to stand up and walk, you no longer get that attention. It's like, the, you know, the people that Jesus used to heal in the Bible or the lames that, that were healed at the court of the temple. 
The moment they were able to stand on their own, the moment their eyes were open, the moment they started to walk on their own, they were expected to go and work. <laughs> they were expected to go in the morning and start looking for a job. There's no more time for, for sympathy. There's no more time for asking for alms or asking for offerings. Now, for some people, they know that to continue receiving that offering, to continue re receiving those gifts from people, I have to stay like this. I have to stay offended. I have to stay unhealthy. If I stay like this, I'll always attract attention. I'll always receive sympathy from people. So it gives you a psychological comfort. And always remember, pity party victims refuse to be healed. They refuse to be healed. Don't get a sense of gratification out of self-pity. Don't be satisfied by self-pity. If you get gratification out of self-pity, you will nurture the pain. You will feel comfortable in your pain. When we tell you to do something about the situation, you will feel uncomfortable because you are so comfortable in your pain and you nurture that pain. You want to stay in that pain. Self-pity has a tendency to nurture the pain. Each time you rehearse the situation, you keep repeating what the person did to you, you are adding another layer of negative thinking. Always you become more and more negative about the situation. And soon you'll grow a root of bitterness that Hebrews chapter 12 is talking about. The root of bitterness will defile you. If you do not fix it, it will color every future action. Or every word that the person says, always, you know, you always filter it through your offense. Let me give you a tip, and this is going to help you. When you hear somebody criticize another person, ask yourself what you call inner questions. Ask yourself what you call inner questions. Inner questions are like, is there anything that I do not know that went on between the two of them? Is there anything that he might be jealous of about that person? Is there anything that this person might be uncomfortable with about that person that he does not want me to, to know? Those are inner questions. Something, you know, that is beyond what the person is saying. Remember, people say things because of they have reasons why they are saying those things. If I tell you something, I have a reason why I'm telling you. And I may not tell you the reason. So we need to be very careful when people tell us things. Ask inner questions. Ask a question beyond what they are telling you. Because sometimes we have to understand that every time a person says something, there are facts and there is interpretation. There are facts and there is interpretation. In most cases, people will tell you their interpretation. They don't tell you the facts. Because if they tell you the real facts, then you will make the right judgment. You will make your own judgment. So they avoid telling you the real facts. They just tell you their judgment. They just tell you their interpretation. And sometimes you end up fighting the battles that, that are not even yours. You start to hate Manasseh because somebody told you about Manasseh. They don't tell you the real facts of what happened. You start hating a person, you start fighting against another person 
who did nothing to you. If I can ask you, why do you hate that person? There's none that you can tell me. They did nothing to you. But you hate them just because you heard sister so-and-so say negative things about that person. Don't fight. Refuse to fight battles that are not yours. May God help you heal instead of licking your wounds. May God help you lead while you are healed. Because if you are not healed, you will bleed on innocent people. You will bleed on the innocent staff. You will bleed on the people that work with you. You will bleed with, I mean, on your members. May God help us. We talked about two things today. That will not help us to heal. Number one, do not gossip about people. Do not keep on rehearsing the story. It is not helping you. You are just building layers and layers and layers of hatred when you gossip about other people. Number two, do not keep quiet. Do something about it. And God is going to help you heal. Do something about it. If you need help, talk to somebody. Don't keep quiet. Talk to your pastor. Talk to your counselor. Talk to your leader. Talk to your teacher. Talk to somebody. Don't just keep quiet and die inside. We said if you do not do anything, problems do not solve themselves. You need an external help. You need an external idea. Somebody who can come up with an idea from outside. Somebody who can help you. Somebody who will speak a different language from you. Next we're going to look, we're going to look at the right way or a Christian way of dealing with offense. When somebody has offended you, when you are wounded, how do we deal with it as Christians? And that's what we're going to look at next week. May God help you. May God bless you. May God strengthen you. If you want to connect with us, go ahead and check drmanasseh.com or drmanasseh.org or you can connect with us on WhatsApp and the number is plus one seven one four six one two three one zero two. May 